0: Hi friends and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of the Charlotte Hornets presented by Senta. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat care providers of the Hornets. Rob Longo with you today following Charlotte's historic 158-126 victory last night in Indiana as the Hornets snapped their two-game skid but also break another streak that we'll get to here in a few moments as Buzz City moves to 27-22 and on the season. We'll break this game down, provide you with our top performers, and also, so, as you can tell by the score, there may have been a record or two that fell in last night's contest, so we'll do our best to make sure that we don't miss any that might have slipped through the cracks a little bit. And I say we because I'm joined once again here on today's episode of the HHC by the lead writer of Hornets.com, Sam Purley. Sam, thanks for joining me today, and not that you needed any additional motivation to chat with me about some Hornets basketball, but last night's game is a fun one to talk regardless.
2: Yeah, this will be pretty easy, two days in a row, and obviously we are in better spirits than we were yesterday after the Toronto lawsuit. So yeah, tons to unpack here. Still, see still looking at the box score, and it's just weird optically to see a 158 in the final score. So yeah, let's get to it. Lots to uh, dive into in this one.
0: Yeah, so let's get to a recap of this one as the Hornets were shorthanded once again as Gordon Hayward went in the health and safety protocols prior to start of last night's game, but that didn't slow Charlotte down as the Hornets started the game on a 12-3 run, but trailed 36-33 going into the second quarter. Charlotte was shooting at a 54% clip from the field, but Indiana was hitting at 67%. Into the second quarter we go, and the Hornets were able to rip off a 10-2 run to take a 5-point lead. From there, it was a seesaw affair as Indiana led briefly midway through the second quarter, however, Kelly Oubre started to heat up off the bench.
3: Now the Hornets right back the other way, Washington underneath, kicks it out. Oubre four three, it's good. Blows a kiss to the crowd. Kelly Oubre Jr, huge improvement from the field. He's got 16 and a half. 13 in the quarter. Oubre
0: finishes with those 16 points at the break as the Hornets were able to carry a 71-70 lead into the locker room in this high-scoring affair. But then Charlotte really took off in the third quarter, sparked by a couple of four-point plays from Kelly Oubre, but also from LaMelo Ball.
3: Ball fires for three. He got pushed into, and he fires and hits for three, and it might be a four-point play. Washington just carelessly drifts in to LaMelo Ball. Ball sticks the landing. And LaMelo's got a shot at a four-point play.
0: Charlotte put up 113 points through three quarters as they outscored Indiana 42-24 in the third frame. In the fourth quarter, anyone that was wearing purple and teal was incandescent, mostly Kelly Oubre, who hit 10 three-pointers in the game, reaching a new career high.
3: So Oubre, from the logo, yes! Kelly Oubre, Jr. An impeccable three-point shooting display. He's got 36. Fourth three of the quarter.
0: If that wasn't enough, LaMelo Ball was able to notch his fifth career triple-double, and Charlotte was able to set a franchise record for most points scored in a game in the same sequence.
3: Stevenson's three. Missed an air ball. rebound LaMelo. That's number 10. Hit ahead past P.J. Washington. Wrap around a Book Booknight. He'll bank it in. It's timeout taken here by Indiana and LaMelo Ball officially has the triple double. 148 to 113, the score.
0: The Hornets kept piling it on, putting up a staggering 158 points, and swept Indiana this season in all four games, all while improving the 27-22 and 22 on a season. Sam, there is certainly a lot to love about this performance from the Hornets, both as a team and individually, and we'll get into all the records here a little later on, but if you had to single one thing out from last night, I know it's tough to do, but what would you put your finger on?
2: Oh man, first and foremost for a guy that is a self-admitted stats nerd and loves box scores and numbers. Going through this one was was so much fun. It's like kind of like a Christmas morning. Kind of trying to dissect it because there's so many layers to it. If I had to say one thing that really stuck out was the 87 points in the second half. He had 42 in the third, 45 in the fourth, and I believe I looked this up. It was the most second half points by any NBA team since the Rockets had 94. In Denver on January 10th, 1991. So, over 30 years ago, since you saw as many points in the second half as the Hornets had last night. So, there's so much to it. I think, you know, obviously did not get off to the best of starts in the defensive end. And then, 20 to 6 run to open the third quarter. I thought the defense really started to kind of lock in third quarter. Only allowed 24, kept pouring it on offensively, gave up 32 in the fourth. I'm sure a few of those possessions were kind of in those final minutes. So, he really held them to about you know, 24, maybe 28, 29 or so in that second half. So really dominant form, especially coming off three days ago when they only had 91 against the Hawks. It's a completely different team. It's just it's craziness in the, the make-or-miss league, as they say.
0: Well, the Hornets certainly made a whole lot last night in a 158-126 to 126 win over the Indiana Pacers. Here's what the line score looked like for the Hornets. 33 points in the first quarter. 38 in the second, 42 in the third, and then 45 in the fourth. So somehow if Indiana was able to tie that game, I can't imagine what Charlotte was able to do with an extra quarter of play. I'm being facetious, of course. But Hornets off to a great start in last night's contest. I talked about that 12-3 to run. And then kind of a little bit of a defensive lull there in the first and second quarters. And that's what James brego talked about last night. Despite the win, he's always looking for things to improve.
4: I was really proud of the start. I mean, we came out, we were aggressive, uh, we were into the ball, and then – We lost our way a little bit in that first quarter, you know, kind of halfway through there, some transition, some poor shots, offensive rebounds again, and then they got to the rim a few too many times and that got them going. They started feeling good, making shots. We got to nip that sooner. I didn't like, you know, I didn't, and we didn't follow it up with a great second quarter. We challenged the group at halftime. We responded in the third quarter. That's really what turned the game. Our guys know that, that, you know, when we're good, we're good on the defensive end and we just got to be focused for 48 more than we've been recently.
0: I don't know if 126 is the defensive effort that James Borrego was looking for, but again, it doesn't really matter a whole lot after you put up 158 points in last night's win like the Hornets did. Sam, this was just a really bizarre one too when you take a look at some of the stuff that I was looking at at halftime. There were a combined 32 fouls called in the first two quarters of play. Both teams went to the free throw line 17 times for 34 total free throws. This one had a little bit of a weird pace at the beginning of it, and the Hornets, as we know, like to play in that up-tempo style and certainly were able to get to that considering the way that the scoreboard Look, but it was kind of a stop and go game for that first couple of quarters. And then that third quarter, it just seemed like the Hornets were able to find their rhythm, obviously, considering that they were able to put up 87 points in the second half.
2: Yeah, really good observation. I did feel like, you know, this is kind of one of the longer games in terms of just time wise with all the fouls in the second quarter. I think both teams are in the bonus with about seven minutes to go in the quarter. So almost every other time down the court, it was free throws. But yeah, and I think obviously defensively, I think it wasn't the best start for the Hornets. I think they had the ball get into the paint a little too much. The offensive rebounding, like JB said, really hurt them. They gave up 17 offensive rebounds for just 19 points, second chance points. So that's actually okay in the scoring element of it you don't want to give up that many extra possessions but i think if you look at that final number 126 i don't think it's necessarily as glaring given that there were so many possessions in this game the way they measure defensive rating is points per 100 possessions i mean the hornets were scoring every possession very very quickly the possessions were going to add it up so that 126 is a little bit probably a little bit inflated given how much the Hornets offense was just clicking and just burning through the possessions quick, 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 quick. So, you know, definitely flashes of this one, which you want to see offensively and a number of guys got going. And, you know, anytime you can have a performance like this and just kind of really see the ball go through the hoop seven, eight, nine times, um, it only hopefully leads to good things to come in the not so distant future.
0: Another reason, again, why this game was so high scoring is also because of the disparity at the free throw line for both teams. Indiana went 28-34 from the foul line when you go on the other side for the Hornets. From the charity stripe, 26-33. So both teams, like I mentioned already, really took a lot of shots at the charity stripe. Of course, slowed the game down, was able to inflate the score a little bit more to what you see as the final of a 158-126 to 126 win for the Hornets. That's going to do it for our recap because we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Out on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Top performers on the way next. There are a lot to pick from. I don't know if we're going to be able to pick one each, to be honest. So this one might take a little while as we take you through the box score a little bit more coming up next here on the Hornets Hivecast.
1: I get allergy care from the doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates who know how to treat me, not just my symptoms. Now that my allergies are under control, I can ride my bike whenever I want, just like I did as a kid. Senta offers allergy testing and a wide range of treatment in North and South Carolina. Play like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense.
0: Rob Longo and Sam Perley of Hornets.com with you here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast following Charlotte's historic 158-126 to 126 win in Indiana. Historic for a multitude of reasons. We'll get to that here in our next segment, but I want to talk about top performers here right now as there were a ton to pick from from last night's game as seven players in total were in double figures for the Hornets last night, and that was just on the offensive end. Of course, there were some good defensive efforts as well out there for the players in purple and teal. Sam, of course, as the guest of honor, this is probably going to be one of the more difficult Difficult ones, but I will let you go first with your top performer because, like I said, there's a lot to pick from.
2: I think I'm going to take the easy way out here and go Kelly Oubre. I mean, you're looking at, you know, LaMelo and everyone, when you guys got a triple-double going, you're trying to see if you can get that rebound assist, and then you look down and, oh my goodness, Kelly's got 33, 36, 39 points. I mean, 39 points, Hornets franchise record for bench scoring that he set back in November against Memphis, career-high 10 threes most ever by a Hornets reserve, tied the franchise record by any player as well with Terry Devontae and Kimball Walker. Also, I saw as the fourth player in NBA history to hit at least 10 threes off the bench. And I don't think Kelly ever was lacking confidence or anything, but uh, last three games, I think he was three of 23 from three. So he's had a couple, you know, it's taken some a little time to get back from the health and safety protocols. He had nine points in Toronto, 12 against Atlanta, eight against OKC. To have a night like this and see the ball go through the hoop 10 times, from three-point range, I mean, that's ought, got to do wonders for a guy that's already super confident, um, a super confident score. So, yeah, Kelly Oubre for sure. Big, big night, and uh, hopefully there's more to come from him.
3: Martin back to Oubre. He'll fire. Wing three. Crashed into it. Another four-point play opportunity for the Hornets. Oubre finishing plus the foul. And down in a heap on the sideline is Torrey Craig. Kelly Oubre,
0: your leading scorer last night with those 39 points. Just some remarkable stuff that he was able to do. The thing that really impressed me, of course, was the three-point shooting. Of course, he made 10 threes, but it was the volume that he did it in. Ended up taking 15 threes. In total, So the fact that he's able to hit two out of every three was just really impressive stuff from Kelly. Also had a couple of finishes close around the rim as well. Made his free throws and also had a couple of rebounds in some assists thrown in there. Finished with a plus 27 on the floor I mentioned this to Sam Farber at halftime last night that would you believe me with Kelly Oubre having 16 points in that first half if he was any negative in the plus minus and he was he was a minus one in the plus minus but plus minus can be an interesting stat. It's one of those ones that can just kind of imply your narrative one way or the other and that seemed like it was the case in that first half for tsunami poppy but kelly Oubre was able to finish a plus 27 at the end of the day as the hornets went at 158 to 126 i understand kelly is kind of maybe the easy way out but i have to go with Lamelo ball Lamelo ball personally for me was the easy way out here but i'll go ahead and take him if sam you're gonna leave him on the table
3: Charlotte down by a triple. Ball trying to tie, straightaway three. Yes, sir. LaMelo ball drilling another Lowe's three-point shot. We're all even once again. Ball now with five.
0: LaMelo Ball with that three-pointer there just adds on to his triple-double from last night. His fifth career triple-double, 29 points, 10 rebounds, 13 assists. He also had a block and a steal in there as well. The thing that really impressed me, though, Sam, a plus 45 in the plus minus. I just got done saying that plus minus just kind of feeds into your narrative one way or the other. This one's certainly going to feed into mine that he was just excellent on the floor tonight regardless.
2: LaMelo was excellent. Extraordinary last night, and I thought that was one of his better performances of the year. Most points he's had in the game this season since before he got into health and safety protocols. Going back to the December 1st game in Milwaukee, he had 36, just really, really controlled. The rebounding was great. He was really active. I thought he a really good job pushing the pace, uh, generating. I thought he was good defensively. Facilitating was good. The shot selection was good. Great finishing around the rim, just end-to-end, a really, really smooth, controlled and great performance. I mean, he really catalyzed the Hornets and seeing that plus 45, I know, like you said, it's kind of an up-and-down stat, but I mean, that's, I think, if you watched him play, you can certainly see why that number is so high because the team played so well when he was on the court last night.
0: This is a list of players with five or more triple-doubles before turning the age of 21. Luka Doncic, Magic Johnson, LeBron James, LaMelo Ball. That's it. That's the list. Just remarkable stuff from such a young, what we hope would be a generational talent who is already just being a playmaker out there night in and night out for the Hornets as he picks up his fifth career triple-double last night. And here's what James Brego said about the impact that LaMelo Ball brings to this team.
4: He impacts the game in so many ways. I think that's what it speaks to. You know, he, He's on the board. He can move the ball. He can share it. He can score the ball in multiple ways. He's got his imprint all over these games, you know, and he's one of those guys that can impact winning in so many different ways. Even if he's not scoring at a high level, you know, he can rebound the ball. He's obviously a playmaker for us. So special kid, special player to to be doing what he's doing, you know, at the age of 20 is special. You know, you don't see this very often. So really proud of his effort tonight, but he really got us going in that third quarter. His defense, his energy, his spirit, he was due for a game like this.
0: He was due for a game like this. Sam, I don't know if, you know, the fact that LaMelo Ball just keeps putting up these numbers, I guess he's due for a game. But when you put it into perspective, I mean, he's already top 100 in the history of the NBA in triple doubles because, again, Sam Farmer mentioned this on the broadcast last night. We've been kind of spoiled as NBA fans over the last couple of years watching Russell Westbrook average a triple double in multiple seasons. That's just simply not the case. I mean, he is really an outlier when you take a look at it. Of course, he's been able to do it for such a long time, and he has that all-time record already for triple-doubles and still is going to climb, but the fact that LaMelo Ball has five triple-doubles, he's in the top 100 in the NBA already, and the fact that he's Rego is saying that he, is, he deserves a game like this, I mean, this is just bonkers stuff. I know you're a numbers guy, but this is just crazy to me.
2: Yeah, I think when to touch on the deserves a game like this, I mean, the shooting efficiency I thought was really, really good. I mean, the triple-doubles, I think, because they become such a – a talkative point in the NBA in recent years because of Russell Westbrook, because of Nikola Jokic. I mean, they can kind of get lost a little bit in the sense of, okay, you're putting up, but how does it come in the context of the team performing? Are you, you know, have there been guys out there that have been known to chase rebounds or chase assists or do things like that? Are they, you know, scoring 10 points, but it's on 4 of 20 shooting, and they have nine turnovers in the performance. So it can be kind of a misleading at times a little bit. I think you look at this performance and the way LaMelo Ball played in this game, everything he did was positive and impacted winning. Shot 11 of 16, so about over 66%. He hadn't been shooting the ball real great up until this point. Um, he was pretty good in actually in Toronto, 8 of 16, but before that he was sub 40% in four of his last five games. Hadn't had a real big night from the field in terms of just shooting and then again the rebounding 10 boards for the first time since the boston game last week i mean i just think everything he did tonight had an impact on winning and and like jb said i thought defensively he was really good in that third quarter kind of get getting the team off to that 20 to 6 run so crazy you know he needs just two more now to looking at the leaderboard two more to tie the franchise record for all-time career three-pointers so i think it's safe to say that he's probably in good shape to maybe even get it this year and maybe by the end of the year even pass it and pass Anthony Mason has that record. So Anthony Mason has the record of seven career triple-doubles for the Hornets.
0: Certainly wouldn't surprise me at the rate that Lamelo Ball is going. He goes 11 to 16 from the floor last night. Three of four from beyond the arc. Of course, four of five from the free throw line as well. We already mentioned the 10 rebounds, the 13 assists. Some other top performers to take a look at. Cody Martin was in double figures last night with 11. Miles Bridges finishes with 22 points. You want to talk about efficient field goal percentage? He was eight of 10 from the field, also with four rebounds as well. And he had to play the majority of that game in foul trouble. He finishes with four fouls, but that was mostly because everybody was coming off the floor towards the end of the fourth quarter. But Miles Bridges another good performance. We already talked about Kelly Oubre, and then James Booknight had 13 points. Off the bench, he played heavy minutes. He played 22 minutes. I thought he played a really good game. And to fit my narrative, a plus-minus, he finished with a plus 19 coming off the bench in those 22 minutes as well. And of course, some of that was in garbage time later on down the stretch. Just overall phenomenal performance from a multitude of Hornets. It all results in that 158 to 126 win, sets a franchise record for most points scored in a game, regardless of regulation, overtime, in between here or there. It's a franchise record. There were a lot of records that were broken on top of that most points scored in a game mark. We will try to break them all down here next. We have some other numbers that we want to get to as well. It's all coming up right here on the Hornets i brought to you by
1: Senta. Hornets fans, it's time to get some new gear. The best selection of new and classic Hornets apparel is at the Hornets Fan Shop now with new extended hours. Stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys. Jordan's, and more. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanShop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop.
4: Yeah, I mean, we can take it back to the Atlanta game back at home. Um, You know, we've played Atlanta really well all season long. And, uh, you know, we kind of weren't mindful of the fact that they could have had a little bit more oomph and pep in their step coming to play us at our house because we beat them at theirs the last game. So, this was another uh, similar situation. We come into Indiana, we played them three times already. You know, we beat them. And, you know, now we have to just close out that series. It's never easy to close out a series against a team. But, you know, today was a big confidence booster for us to do that because of what happened last year and just to build off of that the past two games. So, was very
0: big. That's Kelly Oubre, your leading scorer for the Hornets last night after a 158-126 to 126 win. Kelly Oubre, of course, with 39 points, one off of his career high, and he does set a career high with 10 three-pointers made coming off the bench. That, of course, is a Hornets franchise record as well, and Oubre was also able to reach the 35-plus plateau off the bench for the second time this season. He's the first player in team history to have multiple 35-point games or more coming off the bench. Rob Longo, Sam Perley with you here on Today's of the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. Again, we are just getting to the tip of the iceberg here on some of these numbers that fell last night in Indiana. Of course, the 158 points sets a franchise mark. In fact, the Hornets set the franchise record for total points in overtime earlier this year in that 146 to 143 loss on the second night of a back to back in Houston. And oh, by the way, forgot to mention this in our earlier segments too. The Hornets won for the first time last night on the second night of a back to back, previously 0 and 8 this season, now improved to 1 and 9. So baby steps here. And of course, it was a, in a very emphatic way in that 158 to 126 win. Sam, I have so many numbers in front of me. I don't even know where to begin. I could just start listing down all of the franchise records that fell yesterday. I'll go ahead and start with the easy ones. Most points in a half for 87. That came in the second half as the Hornets were able to put up 42 points in the third quarter. 45 points in the fourth quarter. Most points in a game. We already talked about that a couple of times. Most points through three quarters in franchise history. 113. The previous record was 113. 12 against memphis back on march 22nd of 2018 and the reason i bring that game up is because the hornets won that one 140 to 79 that was one point off the franchise record for most points scored in the game which came against the los angeles lakers who visit town tomorrow night here at spectrum center that was back in the 90s but that win was for the Hornets was the largest margin of victory in franchise history. My simple math real quick makes it 61 points as the largest margin of victory in case you ever get into a little bit of Hornets trivia and you need that answer. Kelly Oubre most points off the bench with 39. We talked about those 10 made 3-pointers. And also by the way, this is the most points allowed in franchise history by the Indiana Pacers and keep in mind the Indiana Pacers are a very storied franchise here in the NBA as the league celebrates its 75th anniversary this year. Sam, I think I got to everything. I'm sure I missed a couple of things what did i miss in terms of franchise records individual accomplishments what did i miss i know you got a laundry list in front of you
2: yeah just filling in the gaps a little bit here i might be repeating on you just a little bit but they did tie the franchise record for almost three pointers made had 24 on 53 percent shooting that was a record they set earlier this month against detroit and kelly obviously was a big part in that with the eight threes in the fourth quarter Um, I think I mentioned it earlier, Kelly is the fourth different player in in NBA history to hit at least 10 threes off the bench. I actually have the list pulled up. It's Danielle Marshall, J.R. Smith twice, and Danilo Gallinari actually did it last season with the Hawks, hitting 10 off the bench. So a lot of fun ones. We talked about the 87 points in the second half, most in the NBA in the last 30 years, most points by any NBA team in over two years. I think the last team to reach 158 was the Houston Rockets against the Atlanta Hawks on November 30th, 2019. And one more, Kelly Oubre is one of three players this season to hit at least 10 threes in a game. Evan Fournier and Anthony Edwards the only two to have 10 threes in a game. So is the NBA co-lead for threes in a game this season now. So, yeah, this is a fun one. Love to unpack it. And you know, after a couple of tough games against the Hawks and the Raptors to have a game like this where everyone just goes nuts and hopefully can get some momentum going was was a lot of fun to watch for sure.
0: One other thing I know you mentioned this on the podcast yesterday, four game sweep against Indiana, that is a franchise record as well, correct?
2: Yes, I guess you call it a franchise record. It's the first time they have swept indiana in a four-game season series they've done it before in a three-game series just once in 2015-16 but four-game series and i know i think it would you know have to mention as well the pacers were down a lot of guys they're down to sabonis they're down miles turner malcolm brogdon t.j warrensell t.j mcconnell so i mean they had a lot of guys out there and i think it just i think it kind of got away from them really in that second half but that's what you need to do if you're the hornets you've got to get these wins the eastern conference is so tight and so competitive right now that they all count the same whether who's playing, this person's playing, or that person's playing, or whatever. So overall, great win, great performance. And uh, I really think this will be something that hopefully the Hornets can build on as they get a lot of home games coming up. Uh, they need to take advantage of. I
0: already talked about it at the beginning of the podcast. I'm going to hit you with one more here. What was your favorite number from tonight? I know you talked about that second half points with 87. Did you like the 158 as well? What was it that you liked numbers-wise in this game?
2: I mean, I think just Kelly hitting 10 threes off the bench. 10 is just a nice, solid number. I think when you go and look for stats and you look for records and things like that, if it's something in increments like 5, 10, 15, it always makes it a little bit cleaner. But Hit double-digit threes off the bench to be one of four guys in NBA history to ever do that is a pretty unique performance, and I so I'll go with Kelly's ten threes off the bench. I just like the clean look of that ten kind of pops off the box score a little bit.
0: I'm gonna go with 24, and I didn't realize this until after the game. Those 24 made three pointers. Unfortunately, it came in a kind of a sobering reminder that. Yesterday's game was two years ago to the day that we lost the great Kobe Bryant. I thought it was very fitting that the Hornets hit 24 threes in last night's game. Uh, It's one of those numbers that you honestly can't even you can't even make up. You can't even make up that that happened. So I got to go with the 24 made three pointers on the two year anniversary that we lost Kobe Bryant. I mean, that is just something that I mean, it kind of seems like divine intervention a little bit between the Hornets setting some records and picking up a much needed win, even with the Gordon Hayward out. And then they're able to kind of honor Mamba a little bit with those 24 made three pointers.
2: Yeah, for sure. It's always kind of crazy. It's been two years, and it was a very kind of, like, weird thing to think about. You know, still, I I remember at the time thinking, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, I still, there'll be an element of me that just never believed that happened. It's still kind of just a surreal event that uh, a lot of people have still not fully processed, and rightfully so. It's always kind of, you know, eerie and kind of a tribute fashion to see you know the, the numbers of the 24s and the 8s, so just one of those nights, one of those crazy, crazy nights in the NBA.
0: Hornets once again, winners 158-126 to 126 over the Indiana Pacers last night in Indiana, and of course next up on the docket, coincidentally enough is the Los Angeles Lakers as the Lake Show rolls into town tomorrow night to take on your Hornets. It's a 7.30 tip, and it will be televised nationally on ESPN as well. Sam Farber will be with you tomorrow on that edition of the Hornets Hivecast to get you all squared away on that one, but Sam Burley of Hornets com I had a lot of fun taking a look at all these numbers, breaking this one down once again on another edition of the Hornets Hivecast.
2: Absolutely, thank you for having me. This was a fun one to go through. So hopefully uh, we'll see more of them in the future.
0: And thanks to all of you for tuning in today as well. Like I mentioned, Sam Farber will be back in the saddle tomorrow to get you set for the Hornets and the Lakers. 7:30 tip here at Spectrum Center. You can get your tickets still at Hornets.com or through the Hornets app if you want to join us here for that one. If not, if you can't make it, it will be televised nationally, like I mentioned on ESPN. Or you can check us out on the flag. Ship station sports radio wfnz or on the hornets app to listen live as well for sam perley i'm rob longo saying so long thank you so much for tuning in today and we'll see you here tomorrow once again on the hornets hivecast
1: thank you for listening to the hornets hivecast brought to you by senta the official eye ear nose and throat care provider of the charlotte hornets for more coverage visit hornets.com